Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise tonight. Give God a good Monday night shout. Yeah. What a great crowd tonight. We're glad to see all of you here. It's going to be a bad night for the devil. How many of you know that? And I uh, said it on, uh, I think Sunday, I say it every, every church I go to, and I mean it. But uh, I didn't come here to tell you everything's going to be all right. I came here to tell you in Christ, everything already is all right. So we just go with that tonight. Amen. So it's a joy to be with you tonight. Pastor, thank you so much for having Kathy and I here. And it's been a thrill to not only preach and love on everybody and just be here in the presence of the Lord with you, but to have some amazing fellowship over some good food with your pastor and his queen. We've enjoyed it very, very much. And uh, my wife has not, uh, not been too strict on me this week. Man, I've had everything fried I wanted to have, and she's been good with it. She knows. I forgot about the fact that I was in Alabama till yesterday, but I, I follow this lady from Alabama on Facebook called Cooking with Brenda Gant. Does anybody follow her? I knew she had so. Are we, are we, does she live close by? Can we go by and eat some, tonight at her house or something? So my wife knows I don't cook much at all. And, uh, and, and so, you know, it's just sometimes easier to go out to eat, but I eat out on the road a lot. So when I come home sometimes. So she came in the day and I had stuff everywhere. I mean, I'm, I've got it all out. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching, I'm doing this blueberry pie from some lady in Alabama named Brenda Gant. And so she said, oh, and, and, and a lot of my kids, I don't know what's wrong with them. They don't eat sweets. There's something bad wrong with that, but they don't. But so I said, well, she said, you know, nobody will eat that but you. And I said, that's kind of the idea. I said, I didn't say I was making it for the family, but so I made it, but it became a hit. So now they all want it every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. So then I started making her, I even got crazy and made a cabbage casserole the other day. That wasn't as good as the blueberry pie, but it, it still wasn't bad because she has, you know, like 15 pounds of cream cheese in it and all that. So there's something bad wrong when you have to doctor up your vegetables. God was trying to tell you something. Amen. My wife said the other day, you know, you should eat more fruits and vegetables. I said, I'm trying, but I said, you know. I hadn't got the broccoli and all that down yet. You know, anything it's bad on the first bite. The Twinkie's never been bad on the first bite. Nobody, nobody ever had to make their self like cake. How I many you know what I'm talking about? So we've had some great meals. Thank you all both. I'm, I'm very well aware there's many people who you could have had here this weekend. Many people on the, on the guest speaking circuit, if you will. And so for you to invite us and have us out here and treat us so well is an honor. So thank you guys so very, very much. And we're home tomorrow and uh, it's tomorrow Tuesday. So we go back to Dallas tomorrow. And then Kathy leaves on Thursday for Austin. And uh, is that Austin? You going to Austin? And then a few days after that, I fly to uh, uh, Georgia. I'll be in Georgia. And then after that, Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm not sure where I go then, but I got a lot of time to figure it out before. So that'd be where we go. I want to just remind you, the books are out on the table. Uh, Kathy, if you've been not been with us the last two days, my wife, this is her brand new book. And it literally, we literally opened it here. Like I, the first box I ever opened was out there in your lobby. And uh, many of you already picked it up. Many of you already been kind enough to come to Kathy and just tell her what it meant. And she, some of you've already read the book, half the book and all that. And I've read it three times. And so uh, uh, I help her edit it. So if you find a mistake, I don't want to know about it. Just go ahead and just just keep on reading. Don't tell me. And uh, But anyway, this book will be very powerful uh, for you. And if you're watching from home and you can't physically be here, her website is kathysmalley.com. And uh, she, their books are there. And then the book we have here that really is closest to my heart that I've written is Reaching Your Grown Children for Christ. If you know anybody who's uh, 18 plus, not saved, etc., cetera, uh, this works for any person that's not saved in your family. But we have books on answers to prayer, 
provision, prosperity, they're all out on the table. And uh, even if you just buy them and throw them away, that'd be good because I don't want to carry them back home in the airport. Amen. So it'd be, be good. But they will be a blessing to you as well. Take your phone out real quick. I have forgotten to say this to you for the last three services. But go ahead and take your phone out real fast. I'd love it if you'd follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you don't do it now, you might get busy and then forget my name tomorrow. And then you'll never, ever know. I'm going to post a coupon tomorrow for all my new followers. It'll be a free trip to the Bahamas at your own expense. And you're going to want to download it. You're going to want to download it. I was in Bowie, Texas one day. We were passing out outlines for soul winning instruction and teaching and training. And I just, the sound man was back, way back in the back. And I said, the first person up here to help me pass these outlines out gets a coupon for a free trip to Honolulu at their own expense. And the guy, I felt so bad later, he literally ran like O.J. Simpson, man, as hard as he could to the front. And he really was like, he thought he won something, you know, and everybody in the church was kind of like, oh, you, you tell him, <laughs> you know, so I, had to, I said, um, free trip at your own expense. And then he just, oh, he felt so bad. And I felt bad, but he didn't listen. So anyway, but I want you to take your phone out. It's Dr. Mike Smalley. And we're on Instagram. And we're also on Facebook under the same name. Just go ahead and follow us, Dr. Mike Smalley. And uh, we post teachings. Kathy and I team teach on there together. Sometimes she goes by herself. Sometimes I'm on by myself. And uh, we're launching some new programs. We're about to, I'm about to put about 30 teaching videos up on my YouTube channel, which we haven't even made public yet. So a lot going on. We both do coaching. I coach men, help them be better husbands, better men of God. And uh, we just, we're just busy for the kingdom. So it's been a joy to be with you today. And uh, just hit that follow button and I'll, I'll follow you back. And we'll smile at each other and do all that fun stuff. So everybody say praise the Lord. I want you to get your Bible out tonight. We're going to jump right into the scripture. And uh, the website I forgot to give you as well is um, terrible at promoting my own stuff. It's mikesmalley.com. And you can see all the stuff we're doing with our Nicaraguan children and the different ministries that we have. We've planted 64 churches now overseas. And we're on television. How many have seen us? Just curious. At, I'm sorry that we're always on late. But how many have watched us on the camp meeting program on INSP? They air it between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. I'm not offended if you hadn't watched it. But let me just see your hands if you have. A couple of you have. She's the insomnia person who needs healing tonight over here. But uh, a few years ago, and I want to share this with you before. Because many of you have dreams and goals God has given you. That seem so way out there compared to where you are at the moment. I started doing Christian television probably 20 years ago, doing things for Benny Hinn and Dr. Mike Murdoch and Daystar and TBN and you know everybody. It wasn't my program, but I was helping them. And I had a, just a real passion that we were just a bunch of Christians talking to Christians. And I really wanted to reach unsaved people. So I was thinking, could we make some programs where we just talk to lost people? And I really had a burden to do it. And so I started my own program, I had my own TV show, my own national radio show. And I told the producers, I want to make a program that Christians won't watch. And he said, say that again. I said, I mean, I'm just, I want it to be boring. Like I want it to be so John 3:16 that you would turn it off instantly because for 30 minutes, I didn't want to talk to any of y'all. Does it make sense? I just want to talk to Joe Budweiser. Like I pictured a guy in his robe with a Bud Light in one hand and a cigar in the other, and he's just channel surfing and it lands on me. And I just wanted to talk to him about how to get right with God. Put a phone number at the bottom of the screen, call in, etc. And every single Christian person I worked with told me not to do it. And here's why. Christian television cannot air commercials. 
it's a for if it's a nonprofit station, which 99% of them are, that's why you never see a Nike ad on Daystar, etc. So the way they pay for the airtime and, and the satellites is they charge the people that are buying products. So Joyce Meyer pays to be on, John Hagee pays to be on, Mike Smalley pays to be on. And then we look to our viewers and say, would you like to buy a book? Would you like to give an offering? Would you, that, that, that's how you help them stay on the air. Well, obviously, unsaved people aren't going to buy a Christian book, a Christian tape, or typically give an offering. So, and some of these programs are as much as $25,000 per half hour, depending on what station you're on, etc. Not all that expensive, but it can be very expensive. So they said, Mike, you'll run up a whole bunch of money and ain't nobody, a Christian's not going to watch it and you're going you're gonna to have a big bill. And I, I understood what they meant. They were trying to look out for me. I just said, I got a crazy feeling that if I make a program telling people how to meet Jesus, that that Jesus would help me pay for the program. So I made it. I just made it. I put it out as a test in Nashville, Tennessee. And every single call that we got off that program was somebody saying, I just pray with that guy to give my life to Christ, like 100%. So I was on to something. And then I went to the Nashville airport and Winona Judd, the country singer, got on the plane with her husband and said, hey, you. I've seen you on TV and I had prayer with them in the Dallas airport. I, I had somebody with me and said, take a picture. It's Winona Judd. But I didn't know it till I got home, looked at the picture. We were standing in front of the men's restroom sign. So I got this famous lady here next to me and right behind us is men's toilet. And I said, well, I have to just whitewash that out. But then I got on another plane and somebody else said, hey, I watched you. Then an American airlines stewardess walked up to me and said are, are you mike smalley and i said that depends on what kind of mood you're in and she said she started crying she said i'm born again christian i'm spirit filled she said but i got a son on drugs said he got so stoned the other night he jumped off the third floor of a building and he'd been in the hospital been in jail he said he's broke my husband's heart my heart for years he said i can't take it anymore he's just in jail again and and just jumped off this building and said i was up at two o'clock this morning crying out to god and i turned on the tv and you were on and your message touched my heart so much. And she said, I prayed in the middle of the night last night. God, he surely flies sometimes on American. Let him one day be on one of my planes. And two hours later, I was on her flight going from Pittsburgh to Dallas. Come on, somebody. So I just knew God was working. Said all that to say, people started calling. We started making more programs. And INSP called and said, we heard about this. Would you come make some programs for us? So I did. I just got back making some more and from January the 1st of this year through yesterday we've already had over 300,000 people call that they've accepted Christ come on you're not shouting yet 300,000 people this year emails phone calls watching the program and it's not just me we, they got four or five of us and they brought us all in we all made program we, so they rotated us and they've got this great outreach so we're a part of something bigger than us but it's producing results what if i had said yeah i better not make those programs do you know how many got saved from it last year five point one million people how do you know because they call in or they email and we just count them up it's insp insp's total 
outreach that we're a part of. 5.1 broke a record last year. What if they had decided not to do it? Folks, whatever God's put in your heart to build, to grow, to buy, to claim, now is the time to move into it because God will blow your mind with how fast he'll agree with you. Amen? So I want to just encourage you with that and the offerings that you've been given, the one you'll give at the end of the night, it helps us do these kinds of things. It sends us to the next place so we can just keep preaching Jesus. The only answer, the only answer this country's got, the only answer your grandkids have got is Jesus. It's always only been the answer. It always will be the answer. And praise God, it's the only hope we have, but it's the only hope we need. Come on, give him one more hand of praise tonight. So praise God, praise God. I want to welcome the online family. You guys hit the share button and share this message. Share your pastor's messages and, and let's get the word of God out. I want you to put up on the screen 2 Corinthians 5.21. Tonight we're going to talk about healing, how to receive miracles, how to walk in divine help. And I want to jump right into it because I'm not going to preach a long time tonight because I know it's a school night. And we're going to just try to give you the word as fast as we can. If I talk too fast, then you can get the tape and play it back on slow. Somebody said today, I was in Connecticut. They said, all Southern people talk fast. I said, he ain't heard me preach yet. <laughs> I don't. All right. We're going to read this one out loud. You're going to say, Mike, what's this got to do with healing? I'm going to say everything. Ready? Go. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In short and in review, he was made sin with your sin and mine you know that right he who knew no sin god took all of yours and all of mine pride profanity you name it should i tell them the profanity story i i cussed i cussed here a while back it was a while back i tell you this for a reason I take a shower every week in a different bathroom and I was in a town preaching and the shower had a piece of marble tile that was sticking out like that right by the soap dish thing and I had my eyes closed and I was washing soap out of my hair lowered my elbow down and that little soft spot between your funny bone and your real bone hard as I could I hit that thing BAM oh. It sent shockwaves from this part of my arm to my fingertips. And before I could say anything or knew anything, all of Jesus evaporated from my whole body. And I said three words. The first one starts with son, and I'll let you fill in the blank. I'm telling you all this for a reason. This wasn't yesterday, but it wouldn't matter if it was. But I, I just said, oh, second word was of. Are you with me so far? I said it out loud. I just, wow, I said it. It shocked me. I made my own altar call right there in the bathtub. <laughs> I keep a tambourine hanging from all the showers so I can have revival whenever I need to. I said, Lord, I felt so bad. Then I felt all these scriptures. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I said, well, except for marble tile, you know. So I just say, if you judge me, God will have a shower for you. I promise you, there'll be a coffee table with your toes name on it at two o'clock in the morning. I didn't know I could cuss in seven languages at the same time till I hit my little toe on a coffee table one night at two o'clock in the morning. I'm not kidding. Y'all think I'm kidding. So I, I, I had this come out of me and said, oh, and there was a, now that I'm not, I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you.
And if you have problems hearing me preach now, you got a little religion in you. Because you done said some words yourself. I know you have. So I, I, there would have been a, I, I, I felt bad. I was just like, oh Lord. And I was meeting some preachers at Starbucks that morning. And I walked in and my arm was in four slings, you know. And the oldest preacher said, what happened to you? I said, man, it was terrible. I'm just praising God, talking in tongues in the shower. And the devil showed up. I lowered my elbow down. I hit that thing. And I bruised my arm. And then I said, what are y'all having? And the older preacher went like this. He goes, did you cuss? I said, man, yes, I did. The Bible said with all your, everything you do, do with all your might. I, I, I did. I didn't just say one word. I said three. There would have been a day in my life I couldn't have preached for a month. I'd have felt that trashy, that bad. How could I be praying for people when I can't even master a little elbow pain? How, how can I be? I mean, I'm not kidding. I just, I, that would have messed me up. I, 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 I thought I was reading more word. I thought I was, you know, that just came out of me. Like it wasn't like I, you know, slowly fought the battle and then lost. I it just, just popped out before I even had a chance to vote on it myself. But I learned that that verse told me that instances like that is why he came. And if the last time you think you'll ever need a bit of little grace and mercy is the second you got saved, well, think twice. You're going to need a lot more. It doesn't make what I said the best thing in the world. I mean, I was by myself. You know, you probably are allowed to get mad in your own shower, but probably maybe not as mad as I was. But the devil did put that little jagged thing there. The point is, if you don't grab a hold of these verses up here and recognize he was made sin with your mess. I just gave you a little window into mine. We don't have time to hear all about y'all. It's not because it's going to be a, a short night because y'all got more than I do. I know y'all have had some bad showers too. So, right. He was made sin with your sin so that you could then partake of his righteousness instead of yours you see if i had have went oh praise the lord i wouldn't have been any more holy than when i went bang sob now that'll mess your religious thing up but you see if it made me more holy then my holiness is linked to me and i don't need god i just need to be good but when you look at it, it's not ever been about you. Christianity is not just about a changed life. Stop this, stop that. It's about an exchange life. You get his perfect record in place of your imperfect record. So when you understand this foundational thing that when Jesus died, the Bible says in Hebrews, he died for sin once for all and no longer counts men's sins against them. People don't go to hell because they've not been forgiven. They go to hell because they don't receive the forgiveness already provided. Are you grabbing this? When my daughter makes an A on a test, it doesn't make her more my daughter. Makes her my daughter with an A. When she makes an F, may mean she doesn't get a, you know, an ice cream cone, or maybe we have to talk about it or find out why, but it doesn't make her less my daughter. Are you grabbing this? 
So all of your righteousness is like filthy rags, but it's not my righteousness, it's His righteousness. So I stand before the Father as holy as Jesus Himself. Doesn't mean it's right to do wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying because of what I've learned, I could do something stupid like that, learn from it, be vulnerable enough to tell you about it, and still stand in God's grace and not think, He hates my guts now. Are you grabbing this? Because the truth is, if I'd have just went, oh, praise the Lord, and spoke in tongues, it shouldn't have made me feel more worthy to go to the pulpit. Because now I'm making me the, the measure. He said I could stand here, so whatever I said in that shower, he can talk to me about later, but how many are glad he still uses us in the process? So look at it. He was made sin with your sin so that you could receive his righteousness in place of your junk. Hallelujah. So knowing that, why would you continue to pay for your own sin? Why would you want to live in guilt and condemnation and beat yourself up? Again, we're not making light of wrong. But it's a different attitude when you fail. I don't have to make God like me again. I hope he doesn't, you know, send me to hell in the next 30 seconds. Somebody said the other day, said, I, I, I knew a man who, who lived for God for 30 years. And, he, and, and, and then he got drunk. And he died in a car wreck on the way home. And he went to hell. I said, how did you know? She said, well, it's a sin to get drunk. I said, okay, let's make it you. You were coming home going 56 and a 55. You got hit by a car and died. Where did you go? He said, well, I, 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 blah, 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 blah. He was just trying to tell me, because sin can't go to heaven. Well, guess what? If you're born again, you ain't sin. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Doesn't mean every time you fail, you got to get re-saved. I know I'm messing with a lot of religious thinking here, but it's just, it's, it helps to read the Bible. We pick these super big sins. What about that? What if he was going 56 and a 55 and got hit by a bus? Would you go to hell? Really? You're either in covenant or not. You either got the righteousness of God or not. Your name's in the book of life or not. We're not talking about people that don't want to live for God. We're talking about people that sometimes take a bad shower. Everybody say it out loud. He was made sin with my sin. So I could be in his righteousness. His righteousness. Oh, give him a shout right now if you're thankful for it. I'm glad for that. I... So second, say this with me. He was made sick with my sickness. I want you to, I'm going to put up two little verses. You're going to think again, what's this got to do with, uh, with sickness? But I want to, I want to put up Ephesians 1, 3. These are my two favorite verses of scripture. Kathy and I talk about these all the time. I want you to look at this. This, this will blow your mind. We're going to read it real slow together. Ready? Not because we have to, because we want it to sink in. Ready? One, two, three, read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, stop right there. Who what? Past, present, or future tense. It's past, didn't it? He's already done something. Blessed praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, I don't know what he's done yet, but it's already happened, who has, read it with me, go, who has blessed us with, how many? How many? 
Oh, come on, Alabama. How many? He's blessed us already with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Not going to, not could, not will when you take proper showers, not going to do it when you speak in tongues for 12 hours, when you stop smoking, stop dipping, stop occasionally losing your temper. He's already blessed us with every single spiritual blessing. Come on, give him one more shout tonight. It's already done. Already done. Already done. You see that. So you don't. So I, I, I'm going to say a lot in sound bites. I can't walk you through all the proof of what I'm going to say, but you're a mature crowd. So 99% of the average American Christian's prayer requests are unnecessary because we're praying for things he already said yes to. What's your name, sweetheart? Teresa, could I hold your pen, please? Thank you. Could I hold your pen? Thank you so much. You're one of the nicest ladies I've met all day. Could I hold your pen? Now you see it's already got weird, hadn't it? Why? Because everybody already knows what? She ain't got 12 down here. I didn't ask her for the second one. She knows that I know and I know that she knows that I know I already got the pen. So if I keep asking for it, that gets weird quick. Because at some point, she's going to think I'm either weird or I don't believe her. Or you got another one in your pocket or your purse. It, it, it doesn't make for fellowship. So imagine God looking at you who's never lied to you, never done dirty never done you wrong and told you I've already given you every single spiritual blessing that exists and why do you keep asking me for them at some point God tolerates it when we're baby Christians but there comes to be a point God says I can't play with you anymore because your continual asking for these things implies you don't believe I've already said yes to them and the thing that God reacts to is your faith. So when you keep saying to God, bless me, bless me, bless me, heal me, save me, help me. You grabbing this? Now, all of us could make a list of what the spiritual blessings are. And your list might be longer than somebody else's, depending on how long they've been saved. But here's what we all do know. Whether you came up with two or 200, according to that verse, you already have every one of them on your piece of paper. That's a cool thing. Now, the honest question is, okay, Mike, I, I ain't going to ditch the word of God, but where are they? Because I ain't got them in my house and in my bank account and in my life or in my body. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with God if he says I've got them, but I, where are they hanging out? Because my life don't feel like I'm walking in all these blessings. That's a great question. I'll answer it in just a second. Put up Second Peter. That's my favorite verse right here in all the New Testament probably for Christians. Read it real slow. Ready? Go. As his divine power has given to us. Uh oh, stop. Past tense. See it? Has his divine power. Not my ability. Not my righteousness. Not my choices. His power, which is limitless, has already given to us. I couldn't hear you. How many? How, what? 
The Greek word for all means, thank you. He's already given to us all things that pertain to your life and to your godliness. The life part means the natural, physical, day-to-day, bill-paying, life-paying, friend-needing, job-needing, your life. And the godliness is your spiritual side of you. He's already given to us. Red, yellow, black, and white. African, European, Spanish, uneducated, Republican, Democrat, whoever. He's already given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he did it through the knowledge of him who was called us by his word. So do you see now why your prayer requests for joy and peace and strength and money and healing are in and of themselves an indicator you don't think he's already done that it's different to say not sure where they are Lord but when you start asking God to give you something he's already told you he has said yes to it reminds you of when you were a kid and you asked your daddy could you go outside and he said no so you privately asked your mother hoping she would say yes because she didn't know daddy'd already said it how many remember those kind of conversations how many have them now with your kid Read it one more time, loud, with passion. One, two, three, go. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Isn't that a powerful, powerful verse? How many of you think you need some health to have a life? How many of you think you need some strength to have a life? How many think you need to have some money to just function and have a life? He's already said yes. Hallelujah. Now you know why this is called good news. Good news. This is amazing. So, say it one more time. He was made sin with my sin. He was made sick with my sickness healing is a very divisive subject among Christians because you have different kinds of teachings there's some churches that teach God doesn't heal at all there's no such thing as miracles and and then God decides who does and who doesn't and 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 and, and we say things and I I, I don't mean this unkind at all just I, I want to teach you tonight. probably the stupidest dumbest thing that all of us have said you've said it and I've said it if we pray for somebody and they die they don't get their healing here what do we say that's totally irrelevant but brings comfort to us here's what we say well they got the ultimate healing they're in heaven now and healthy have you ever stopped to think that they were going to be healthy in heaven no matter when they got there it's like the woman who said to me one time I, I ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere but I led the man to Christ who brought me a gas can I said did it ever occur to you the man at the gas station back there 10 miles ago probably wasn't saved either you could have maybe left we just instantly so somebody dies at 40 of a disease well he got the ultimate healing if he would have died in his bed healthy when he was 98 wouldn't he have still been healthy when he got to heaven so that's no real victory we're glad they're there but they could have been healed here but why not we'll talk about that in just a minute now say all this I'm gonna, I'm gonna go backwards so I can go forward 
There was a man in North Carolina, uh, North, uh, sorry, Northern California years ago, pastor church of 2,000 people, 45 years old, handsome, good guy, powerful church, man, uh, uh, knocking it out for Jesus in his little community, middle-sized town, 50,000 people, died in a plane crash, devastated his church, lots of whys, God, why so young, he had small kids, he had a wife, everybody's crying, doesn't make sense, godly man, good man, reaching so many people, why did he die in a plane crash? And people began to blame the Lord. I'm telling you this for a reason. Because sometimes there are mysteries linked to healing and sickness. Just stay with me. And if you try to fit a one size fits all to everything, you'll get messed up pretty quick. Because there's things you can't know on this side of heaven. I'm, now stay with me. So watch this. People begin to say, God, I don't get it. You let a good man die. Well, my best friend went back to that church six months after they died and had lunch with the widow who said to my friend, I can't tell anybody. I can't make this public because it would affect and hurt too many people. But my husband sat on the foot of the bed the morning of the crash, putting his tie on and said out loud, something tells me I shouldn't get on this plane today. But she said he ignored it and got on it anyway. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was trying to tell him, don't get on that plane today. Well, he didn't listen. So he died. Nobody else knows that. So they're all questioning God. Now, this is not applying to every person. I'm giving you a principle to grab. When you look at a person and say, well, they didn't get their healing. Therefore, it must not be God's will to heal everybody. By making that jump, you're assuming they did everything they were supposed to do to get a healing and God decided not to let them have it anyway. And you've taken a tragedy and created a theology around it. When for all you know, they had that pain in their side for two years. And every time God said, go get it checked out, they didn't do it. You, you, can't, you can't assign that to every person who's died and say they must have disobeyed God. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we can't form belief systems about healing based on what somebody else did or didn't get. If you say, I believe Jesus wants to save the whole world. If one person you know goes to hell, do you conclude God doesn't want to save people anymore? No, we don't do it. We do it with healing. I know they were a man of God. They prayed. They did everything they knew to do. And they probably did. Most people do everything they know to do, but many don't know the right things to do. Are you grabbing what I'm saying today? Say it one more time. He was made sick with my sickness. So let's don't just settle for, praise God, they got the ultimate healing. We're, we're glad that they're okay. We're glad that they're pain-free, but wouldn't you have liked to have kept them for 20 more years? People said to me, I was crying my eyes out of my grandfather's casket. Oh, Mike. We wouldn't bring him back now if, if we could. I said, I would. Who are you talking about? That was my best friend. I'd bring him back in 15 seconds. He, he's got all eternity to hang out there. He could have done five more years with me. What, what do you mean? Yeah, the rest of you don't know him too well. You'd be okay bringing him. I'd bring him back in 15 seconds. Are you, are you grabbing me? So with healing, let's look at the scripture. What does the Bible say? Well, I just read he's given you all things to life. That didn't sound like death. That doesn't sound like disease. It doesn't sound like infirmity or sickness or can't breathe, can't walk, can't do. It sounds like he's already given us everything to have a 
everything to have a everything to have a life. So say it one more time. He was made sin with my sin. He was made sick with my sickness. Isaiah 53, 5. Watch this. I want to show you two scriptures just blow my mind because this is so powerful. Ready? Read them out loud. Go. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we, we, past, present, or future, present, not going to be healed, not could be healed, not whatever he decides to be healed. Not some people's will, some people's not. He just said, you are. Now that one verse begins to show you something. By the stripes on Jesus' back, he became sick with your sickness. Now I, I just asked you, knowing Jesus died for your sins, would you want to walk around paying the penalty for him? You said no. So if he's paid for your health and healing, why would you want to walk around sick? Nobody does. He said, I've come to give them. Does that sound like sickness and disease? Every instance of sickness in the Old Testament was one of two things. It was an act of judgment on, God, on disobedient people. Which God doesn't do like that anymore, but it was Old Testament, Old Covenant. Or it was a result of their, 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 their willful stupidity, physically, medically, etc. But, but, but God didn't say, I love my people so much I'll send disease. That, that's not what a father does. Are, are you grabbing it? So this says right here, by his stripes, you what? We're healed. Now look this way real quick. I'll give you some statistics before I give you some more scripture. Over 40 times in the Bible. We, it's recorded of Jesus healing the sick. 17 times in the New Testament, it says he healed all who were present. Over 40 times, he healed other people, not everybody there. But it wasn't because he didn't want to heal everybody. It was because one person came or two people came, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every single instance in the New Testament, when somebody came to Jesus seeking healing, he healed every single one of them. You know what's radical? The Bible says that he only did what he saw the father do. So the reason he healed the sick is his father was healing the sick. And it was the father's will for people to be healthy. Are you grabbing this today? So people say, well, Mike, maybe that's just about, you know, emotional healing. Maybe this verse is about sin. We're just healed from sin. Except A, it doesn't say that. But be it's addressed in other scriptures, put up my Matthew 8 scripture, and this is going to make you weep and shout, and just, we're going to run together. Ready? Watch this. I'm going to read it really slow, because I want you to see that it's a lie to say God only wants to heal some. He only wants to deliver some. He only wants to save some. He only wants to restore some. It's not scriptural. When, when you say, well, Mike, I just think it's an emotional healing or mental healing. No, it, it's all of it, man. He died. He was made sin for your sin, all of it. And he was made sick for our sickness, all of it. Physical, mental, emotional, all of it. Come on, give God a shout in the house right now. So watch this. Watch this. When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed. And he cast the spirits out with a word. Watch this. 
and healed. Don't change the screen to the next verse yet. And healed all who were sick. I just read you Isaiah 53. Some people say that's not physical healing, Mike. That's he, he, he was, he was bruised for our, our sin problem. We were, we were healed spiritually, but not guaranteed physically. What does it say? Let's read it again. When evening had come, read it with me out loud. Ready? Alabama football fans, go. They were brought. Oh, wow. Y'all are fired. I know it's Monday night, but don't make me work this hard. Ready? I'll stick real. I'll read it with you. Ready? We're going to read it real loud, real passionate. One, two, three. Loud. Go. Just stop. Just stop for a second. He healed how many? Does that sound to you like it was emotional sickness? Does it sound like it was just mental? Or does it sound like folk was sick? Like throwing up, diarrhea, vomit, cancer, leprosy, sick, sick, that kind of sick. Like going to die if you don't get well. Is that kind of what it sounds like to you? Okay. I'm going to read it one more time. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast those demons out with a word and then healed all who were sick. Next verse, go. He did this that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah who said and prophesied, he himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Come on, somebody. Give God a prayer. That, that settles it all. That, that settles all of it. He was healing everybody who was sick to fulfill the prophecy that when he came, he would heal everybody who was sick. So it, he did it to show you. I ain't just talking about spiritual sickness. I'm talking about physical sickness and disease. He came to heal it all. Come on, give him one more shout of praise. I'm telling you, he's a God who does it. So this is all here. So what happens then is that we sometimes Christians get sick. Let's talk about it real fast. Many reasons for that. Sometimes bitterness. Sometimes unforgiveness. Sometimes envy and resentment. All the scriptures I can't go through tonight. The Bible says these things rot the bones. You ever met somebody 98 years old who hated everybody? Nope. Because they don't they, they die. They don't get that, they don't get to that place. I did watch a woman the other day, I, she's my new hero, 103 years old, being interviewed by CNN. You can Google it, watch it. And they asked her, she had something dark in her glass, and the guy said, what are you drinking? She said, that's Dr. Pepper. He said, Dr. Pepper, and she said, she, she knew what was coming. She leaned up in her chair and she said, yes, sir, I drink three of them a day. And three doctors have told me they would kill me, and I've outlived every one of them. She said, it's got sugar in it and it's good. And she toasted him and had a little glass of Dr. Pepper. I said, that's my new hero right there. I, that's my mammal. Now, do you see the Bible says bitterness, unforgiveness. There's a lot of talk today about exercise. And nothing wrong with exercise. I'm not telling you not to exercise. My grandfather died at 95 and his father at 95 and never went to a gym one time. So Paul said for a reason, bodily exercise profits a little. It's profitable, but the totality of your health is affected by your emotions and your mind. Bitterness, unforgiveness, all that will mess. It brings sickness to a person. That's why God told you to deal with it. 
So I'm lovingly saying to you, anger can mess you up physically, send your blood pressure up, a temper. There's things that are just in the natural that we bring on, that we do, that have nothing to do with God or the devil. Do you notice that verse I just read? You said he cast out all the demons and healed the sick. So not all sickness is linked to a demon. He, he categorized it differently. Not everybody demon possessed is sick. Not everybody's sick because of a demon. Are you grabbing this? So these things you have to be on guard on. Lord, is there any this anger, this resentment, worry? Worry can make you sick. Worry, the Bible says envy, jealousy rots the very bones inside. It affects your bone marrow. So there's things God has told us your, your body can be affected by. But thank God for the grace and the blood of Jesus. Are you hearing me today? Why don't some people get their healing? Because they don't understand whether or not it's God's will to heal them. And so they're throwing up some dice hoping they're one of the lucky ones. People don't get their healing because some Christians don't get their healing because they think it's all God's decision. And I want to say something really direct to you because I don't have a lot of time. I really am going to be respectful tonight. I don't want to keep you at 10 o'clock. If you think God has to do your healing, you misunderstand the whole script. You're, you're already all messed up. My father had a heart attack about, what, a month ago? A light one, kind of while well, he didn't really know he had it. But he was in the hospital for two days, and so I came in, flew in. I got back from Africa. The first night I was there, I told Kathy, I said, i got to get eight hours of sleep. I got jet lag, so I turned my phone off. And I woke up about 6 o'clock in the morning and looked at my phone. And my family had been calling me all night. Daddy's had a heart attack. Get to the hospital. I'd missed all of it. But he was okay. But a pastor came to visit him while I was in the room. And he said, have you heard pastor so-and-so down the road's got cancer stage four? I said, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, if he don't get a healing from God, he'll die. And my heart broke because I thought, you don't get it, do you? you? You already told me you don't get it. If he don't get a healing. They, he said, if God doesn't do something for him, he's dead. I knew then he did not know. He preached for 40 years and hadn't got this yet. Can I tell you? Jesus has already healed everybody. He's not going to get re-whipped. He's already forgiven everybody of their sin. He's not going to get re-crucified. You see, he's not dying again and again and again and again and again. If you get born again, it's because you tapped into what he's already done for you. If you get healed, it's because you tapped into what he's already done for you. But if you approach God with, I hope you like me enough, hope my faith is strong enough, hope I'm bombastic in my prayers enough, that you'll choose to do it for me, you probably won't get healed because it's already been done. You just have to learn how to receive it like you did your salvation. Are you grabbing this? So you don't ever, it's unscriptural. Never ask God to heal you. That's already lack of no faith right from the request. What did we read? He's already given you all things pertaining to life. Well, you can't die of a disease and that's not life. If by his stripes you were healed, except for those who live in 2023. Except for those who smoke because they did it to themselves. Expect for those who, who never exercised and were really overweight because they reaped what they... Is that what any of the Bible said? Or did it say, by his stripe, you have been healed. Hallelujah. So when I gave you the gospel, what did you just do? 
You just received it, didn't you? Mike, I think I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to earn my salvation. You go to hell. You can't earn your salvation. Mike, I'm just going to be a better person. You'll die and go to hell trying to be a good... You, you, you get all that, right? You know that about your salvation. You wouldn't try to earn it. You wouldn't try to buy it. You wouldn't try to hope God, you know, I'll work in the, the, the homeless kitchen. And I'll, I'll override my good deeds and I'll get it on my... You can't do that. It's got to come by the way of the cross. You just received it. It's the same with your healing. It's already been said yes to. You just have to believe and receive just like you got saved. It's that simple. Are you grabbing this today? So you don't say, Lord, please heal me. I never pray for anybody to be healed. I lay hands on people and I command the healing already provided to enter their body. It's a big difference. Do you see what I'm saying today? He was made, say it one more time. He was made sin with my sin. He was made sick with my sickness. You believe it? You believe that? I've seen the dead raised myself, not stories. I've seen it myself. I've been in services where deaf people, they can hear. Crippled people running. Tumors vanished in front of my face. I could tell you stories all night long. I've watched demonized 14-year-old girls throw bodybuilder men like rag dolls. And then the man of God whispered Jesus into their ear and they're delivered instantly. Because this gospel just works, man. It just works. I told you the other day, I went to the pray for a girl in a coma. The doctors already said she's dead. Just unplug the deal. No, she's at home tonight. She's at home tonight. I didn't ask God to heal her. I didn't go say, God, if it's your will, raise Tammy up. Foul devil trying to kill my friend. I laid hands on her. I said, I command healing into your... She wasn't, even, she wasn't even saved. She couldn't use her face. She's in a coma. I could use mine because he already told me what he wanted out of Tammy's life. He just needed somebody who believed him to go lay hands on her. Are you hearing me tonight? Sometime when I pray for people who are sick, I, I'll say, how many of you believe God just touched you? And about half the room will raise their hand, yes and no. And you know what they're basing their answer on? If they feel any different. Somebody says, I know I've been healed because I feel different. I said, that's wrong too. Somebody says, I, I don't think I got it because I still hurt. You got it wrong too. You both got it wrong. You're basing it on how you feel. Your symptoms are a liar. Go with what God says. You have every right, if your back is screaming in pain, to say, I still have a whole well and healed back in Jesus' name. You're, you're you call those things that are not as though they were. But if you walk around, I'll never get healed. I'm just suffering. People told me one, one lady told me one time, she said, I believe God gave me cancer. I said, I don't want that kind of God. No, thank you. She said, no, I'm not kidding. She said, I've learned so much through my sickness. I said, you take chemo? She said, yes. I said, why were you trying to cheat God of a lesson? You're trying to get cured. You're taking medicine to get better from a sickness you said God wanted you to have. You're messing with God. She said, well, I never thought about it that way. Well, dude, change your thinking. Are y'all okay tonight? If you think God wants you sick, why are you taking medicine to feel better? He wants you sick. Stay with the sickness. Don't even take an aspirin. God wants you to learn something from your headache. How, how crazy is that? 
No wonder people stay confused. Go to church. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, but he wants me to have stage four cancer. Thanks a lot. That's not my kind of love. Are you hearing me today? If God wants, Jesus said this. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he will teach you all things. I don't think God needs to fire the Holy Ghost to hire cancer in his place. Now you can learn from anything. And if you're smart, you will. But it didn't mean you were supposed to have to. Are you hearing me today? Everybody say, today, I will walk in total health. I don't have a flu season. I don't have a COVID season. I don't have an allergy season. I don't have family arthritis. I don't have family diabetes. I am healed in Jesus' name. Give God a clap of praise. Come on, shout, shout, shout. Well, yeah, Mike, Mike, you just don't understand. Uh, macular degeneration runs in my family. Not in your father's family. It does not, not anymore. You got a new family. You got a new bloodline. I'm sorry. You got a whole new way of thinking. One woman came up to me, a good lady. She loved God. 29 years old. It was the weirdest. She just walked up and she was, hi, are you Mike Smith? I said, yeah. She said, I'm 29 years old. And I just accepted the fact that I'm going to be a diabetic by the time I'm 50. I said, well, one, you're kind of oh, socially awkward. That's a weird way of saying hi to somebody. But two, you're wrong. She said, oh, have you got a word for me? I said, yeah. You're going to get diabetes a lot earlier than 50. Because you're bringing it to yourself. What are you talking about? I've already accepted the fact I'll be a, what does that even mean? Well, my mother's a diabetic. My aunts are diabetics. My grandma's a diabetic. I said, okay, fine. Use your brain. Be, be wise to your family genetic pool. Then hold up Isaiah 53, 5 and say, I believe this over that. And walk in the wisdom of God and declare this way. When I get to be 50, I will be the first lady in three generations to blow 50 candles off a sugar-filled birthday cake because I won't be a diabetic. Because cake is good. Some guy at the gym the other day said, the eggs are not good for you. They got cholesterol. I said, Jesus said they were good. If you that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, I said, I'll eat an egg and thank Jesus for it. You go ahead and eat your tofu and all that stuff. I've been to the health food stores. I don't like the way most of them look. The employees, you ever seen the employees in the health food store? They don't look healthy to me. They need a cupcake or a ding dong or something. I don't know what. Happy people are in the buffet. Anyway, all right. By his stripes. When I was 30, 28, I was 28, I went to Russia just after the communist wall fell. And then I crossed over the border into Armenia. And it was against the law to have church in public. So we met in secret in little quiet rooms about the size of just this section of the church. And they'd take all the furniture out. These are people's houses. And they would sit down on their legs, you know, kind of bend their, I won't do it now, but I might need a healing service too if I did. Just kidding. So they're sitting like this. And, and where your knees would stop, somebody's back would start. It was that packed, shoulder to shoulder. I preached in three different languages, English to Russian, Russian to Armenian. 
And when I got done, and I, this was, I, I'm four hours out into the sticks of the sticks. And this is still Soviet communist. I mean, this is still kind of scary stuff. And they said, the woman in the back, and I, I, I can see her face as clear in my mind as I'm looking at you right now. Bonnet on her head, no teeth, 80 years old, been through communism all life. I said, she's blind. And she would like for someone to pray for her. And I didn't know what I know now. But a fear hit me so hard. And I thought, oh God, because I'm not trying to be weird, but they looked at me like I was the Pope. Like I'm the first Christian they've ever met. Like I'm, I'm the American evangelist. I'm here to bring God and power. And they're, you know, they're, they're desperate people. They've been beat up. They've been in jail. And this lady's blind. They've heard about miracles. They want me to go back and heal her so she can see. And it scared me to death. I'd never had anything like that in my life happen. I never had to pray for somebody blind. And I, I remember thinking, God, I, I want to. I do. I, I want to go back and trust you. And I want, I want it to happen. But I, what if it don't? Like, I ain't worried about me. But I could tell it would crush these baby Christian people in this cost. That'd be the worst thing that could ever happen. They might walk off and think it's not real. Or maybe atheism is the right way. I, 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 I don't know that I have the faith for that. And I, she couldn't see me, but I could see her. I could see the look on her face like a kid at Christmas. I'm about to get prayed for. I'm about to get, I'm about to get. And I chickened out. I just prayed for a few other people. Oh, we have to get to the next place. Could you take me? And I walked out the door and looked back at her and I just saw the face. I just was, I was 28. I didn't know what to do. I thought, God, I, I couldn't live with it if she couldn't see and maybe think that I ruined a whole village. Oh, I've thought about that, guys, 10,000 times since then. Because I'd walk on broken glass right now to go back and pray for the same lady. Because he's already said yes to it. It wasn't even about my great faith. He's already said, these signs shall follow them that believe. You can get to a place you play for blind eyes like you'd pray for a headache. Because it's never been about you anyway. It wasn't about me that day. I just hadn't been taught enough. My heart was right. I was trying not to disappoint people. But I, I, I didn't let God do what God wanted to do because I was scared. Are you understanding me? So some of you have been afraid to announce your own healing because you still have symptoms. What if it makes me look like a fool to my family? Tell them I'm going to get off my medication very soon. I'm not going to take this forever. If you come home and the doctor said I need this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with that. Oh, your family thinks you're nuts. Well, they're going to think you're nuts a lot of days anyway. Because God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemies. You all know that, don't you? Come on. Don't look at them. Just say amen. But I'm here to tell you, he's already said yes. Well, Mike, I, 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 just, I just think, okay, well, just, just don't think. Just go read the scripture. By his stripes, you what? You wouldn't fight me about being saved. Why would you fight me about being healed? The same Bible says he took care of both. He's already blessed you with all spiritual blessings. You think healing's a spiritual blessing? You, you, you think that... Can I put up one surprise scripture, guys? I'm going to close. 1 John 4, 17. Or, uh, try, 1 John 4, 7. Try that one. We may read an extra scripture if I'm wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? I'm trying to get you to see it's not about how holy you are. It's about what he already did for you. It's not about hoping your faith is strong enough to call it down. Because nothing is ever coming down from heaven for you again until the rapture. I need you to know that. Your prosperity is not coming down. 
your revival's not coming down, your joy's not coming down. It's already down. It's already inside your born-again spirit. You have inside of you everything Jesus already has. Okay, I was wrong. It's uh, Give me King James 1 John 4, 17. Look at this, guys. I want you to see this. This will help you solve it before I pray for you. And you don't even need me to pray for you, but I'm going to. You can just pray for yourself. Watch this. I'm going to read it really slow. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness, NIV says confidence, in the day of judgment. In other words, you can walk in almost cocky to the judgment seat of, you know, when God's judgment day comes, you're just walking in. How's everybody doing? How's the folks in Alabama? How's the folks in Texas? How's the Roll Tide people? I mean, I got through three days, by the way, never told a whole Roll Tide Auburn joke. I can't believe I've done that. I, I may do it yet. So, so you just walk in all excited. Here I am. It's judgment day. <laughs> no nervousness here. I got the righteousness of Jesus. It wasn't about me. I ain't on trial today. Jesus is my judge and he's already called me innocent. I just walking in to see what the rest of you are going to do. We have boldness in the day of judgment. Here's why. Because as he presently is, so are we presently in this world. That verse tells you everything Jesus is in heaven, you're meant to be on the earth. He ain't depressed in heaven. I'm not depressed on the earth. He's not broke in heaven. I'm not broke on the earth. He's not suicidal in heaven. I'm not suicidal on the earth. He's not sick in heaven. I'm not sick in the earth. Because as he is now, so am I. Come on, put your hand on your chest and say it out loud. As he is now, so am I. As he is now, so am I. One more time. As he is now, so am I. Give him a mighty shout if you believe it. Think about it. Think about it. Is he broke in heaven? Then you're not broke here. Is he, is he, is he, is he worried about COVID in heaven? I see people in Dallas wearing masks by themselves in their own car. I always want to stop them and just ask. I'm just curious. Like, I like to think somebody just got out of their car that had pneumonia or something. You know, I, I just like to think they're not that scared. The Bible said that we shall lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say because you had super duper faith. It just means that Jesus is inside of you coming through your hands. He prayed. He healed. He prayed. He healed. He prayed. He healed. Amen. You believe that? He did it. He did it. See, Christians don't have. Unsaved people don't have to meet Jesus. They just have to meet a Christian. And a Christian will tell them how to find Jesus. The Bible says, if the same Spirit, does it not? If the same Holy Spirit that dwelt in Him lives in you, what did it say it would do? It too would. It said, if the same Spirit which raised Christ from the dead brought that dead body back to life, if that same Spirit that brought death into life with Jesus 
lives in you, what did it say it would do? It would also quicken your body as well. You see, it's not about the miracle coming down. It's about you seeing the authority he's already given you. And saying yes sir to it. And getting the junk out of your body that's tried to steal, kill, and destroy. How many would like to just live in health the rest of your life? Amen? Blood pressure, headaches, cancer. It's, it's illegal. It's illegal in your body. It's, it's, it's not allowed. But let me just close with this. Sickness has an emotion attached to it. Sickness has emotions. And if you give in to those emotions, you can get sick or sicker, if that's a real word. It's easy. It's easy to do. You feel it coming on, and you start, oh, that feels like the flu. And then the first thing you do is what? I mean, you, you call the doctor. Or you tell ten people, I think I'm getting sick. You Google it, yeah. Don't do that. You tell five people, pray for me. Pray for me. The sickness is trying to get a hold of me. That's that fever. It's that fever coming back. I feel it. I feel that fever. And then here's what we do. We've all done this. We've all done it. We've all done it. Here's what we do. Wake up with a pain. Get nervous about it. You Google it. It scares you more. You make a doctor appointment. You go to the doctor. And he puts up two x-rays. Yours and some others. Runs all kind of tests. Charges you $9 million. And then looks at you and says, hey, I got some good news. Everything's great. You just got a bad case of food poisoning. You'll be okay in 24 hours. And at that moment, what do we do? I'm going to be okay. Praise God. Wait, wait, stop. We, 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 we waited until the doctor told us we were going to be okay to decide we were okay oh do you see the back we've all done it we've all done it so I, i'm not i'm not i'm not being unkind i've done it too we, well, i got a little nervous about this i just something not right i don't i don't just hadn't felt myself lately what does that even mean that's how we talk in this i hadn't felt like myself what does what does that even mean go to the doctor doctor I hadn't felt like myself lately he said, well, I haven't felt like you lately either. <laughs> Run some tests, tells you you're okay. You walk outside and give a praise report at church. I hadn't felt like myself lately, but the doctor said I was okay. Let's give God some praise. God's up there going. So there's nothing wrong with going to a doctor. Nothing wrong with you saying or thinking uh, something must be trying to attack. But before you go see a doctor... You already know you're going to be all right anyway. You don't wait for the doctor to tell you you're okay to go, I'm okay. You run over to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You run over to Isaiah 53, 5. You go to 1 John 4, 17, and you say this pain is a liar. That blood I'm passing is a liar. This headache, whatever you want to call it, it is a liar, and it's illegal. And you begin to command it to get out of you in the name of Jesus. 
If you have to go to a doctor, take yourself to a doctor. But say, doctor, no offense, but whatever you come back with today, I already know God's going to work this out for me, and it has not come to stay. Are you see the difference? One gives into the emotion of it. Let me tell you what, I've met, I've met Christians who like being sick because everybody in the church oogaboos over them. Oh, baby girl, you still feel bad? We'll bring you some potato salad next week. You, you can't be expected to cook. All those children, all that, you're tired. I'm not talking about somebody with a legitimate, you know, just broke their leg. I'm talking about somebody that hadn't felt like their self for 20 years. But they like the attention. Come to church if you're healthy. Nobody asks you how you are. You felt weird about that, so you suddenly had an ache or a pain. And you're giving in to the emotions. And it'd be okay if you just want to live that way yourself. But when you're sick, you rob so many of us of the blessings that we would have if you were your best. And some of you, if you don't get this teaching in your core, may end up going to heaven before God wants you there. And rob your loved ones of weeks, months, or years when they needed you there. How many of you are looking forward to heaven? But since you're going to be there forever, whenever you get there, we can wait a bit, and that's okay. Let's live here on the earth for a while for Jesus. Got all eternity. You ever thought about it? You die when you're 9 or 90. You're in heaven the same amount of time. Because the forever clock starts ticking when you get there. So why don't we stay here and make it a bad day for the devil? And one day, when you're just ready, just lay down in your bed. When I was with Pastor Chris last week, there was a great pastor in Africa. You ought to Google his YouTube videos everywhere. He built hospitals and Bishop Idiomi had a church of about 75,000 people. And he had never preached for my friend, Pastor Chris. He's only about 62. And Pastor Chris said, I'd like you to come preach for me. And he said, Pastor Chris, you'll have to book me before March the 19th or I won't be able to come. And he just thought he was busy. Told him three times, if you want me to come, it's got to be March before March the 19th, or I won't be able to come. Pastor Chris got busy, and for different reasons, didn't feel like the Lord wanted him to book him at that time, so he didn't. And Bishop laid down in his bed on March the 19th and went to heaven. And people reading his journals and things, he knew God, he wanted to go home. I'm not even going to say God wanted him yet. He just decided. I just want to go. Paul said that. Paul said, you know, it's better for me to go. I'm just hanging here for you. How many of you know there's some people that need you still? I want you to stay healthy for them. So we're going to pray. And this message is not just for people who feel bad tonight. The devil may try to attack you with something in two weeks or two months or two years. And you'll know forever settled. It's not God's will you be sick. It's not, God's not trying to teach you something. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. Well, my, my, my grandmother was a woman of faith and she died. Then leave that with the Lord. Let the dead bury their dead. No offense to your grandmother, but you, you can't, you can't run that off of you. You're here. You got a life. You got a body. You got a mind. Are you hear what I'm saying today? My Alzheimer's runs in my family. Well, you ain't gotta live by that family. You got a new daddy. If any man's in Christ, he's the new creature you in a new family there's there's animal kind humankind and the god kind when you got born again you became a part of the god kind so you have a right to tell sickness and disease to go kathy and i start most mornings off in prayer some days she may wake up with a headache or a neck cricked up we don't just say well see you later take a advil nothing wrong with taking an advil but what do we do first? 
I slap my hand on the back of that neck and I command that pain out. And she does the same. If I wake up and I said, I, I think, man, the devil's trying to put a headache. Never say what you have. I, 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 have, I have cancer. I, I have arthritis. No. It may be trying to attach itself to you. You may have the symptoms of it. But when you say things like this, and I hear it every week in my life, my blood pressure's up today. My arthritis is acting up. Oh, it's yours. When UPS knocks on your door and says, sign here, Mr. Jones, that package becomes yours when you sign it because you claimed it was yours. So when you walk around every day, my cancer's acting up, my arthritis, my dementia, my you're, you're, you're claiming ownership of it. You just said it was yours. It has a right to stay when you call it your own. But when you say things like this, I can tell by the symptoms attacking my body, the enemy is trying to attach itself to me in a way I will not tolerate. So then you begin to speak to the symptoms, to the pain, to the bad blood test, to the bad urine test, to the bad bones, whatever it is, you talk to the mountain and command it to go and it will obey you. And then you just begin to praise God. And if you're still hurting, if, if your head is still throbbing, you don't say, well, I guess it didn't work. You don't say, well, God must be teaching me something. Or you don't let the devil say, well, you cussed in the shower last week, so you, you're probably going to have two more. God's going to punish you with a headache. That's religion. You stand where you are, and you command it again. I will not accept this headache in my body. It's been a while since I've been sick. Flu, COVID, Captain and I went anywhere we wanted to, ate anywhere we wanted to, only put a mask on when they made us do it, and we didn't like that. I didn't walk around in fear, not because I've got super-duper faith more than you. I'm just reading the Word, and I'm not going to live in bondage when Jesus had His back beat for me to be in His health. If I gave you a million dollars, it was the last money I had, and you went to the bank and said, you know, Mike, I just cashed 500000 of it, just went ahead and threw the rest of it in the trash. How would I feel about that? Well, can you imagine going to heaven and said, Father, thank you. I, your son died. He got beaten, crucified, crowned of thorns, nails. I, we took that salvation part, but you know the healing thing he got beat for? We just left that on the table. Are you hearing me today? How many of you think you'd like to just live long and healthy and in the meantime, lay hands on everybody you know who's sick from Walmart to the church pew and watch God do what God does. Come on, give God a praise in the house. Give God, hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet all over the building tonight and just begin. I want you to give God the biggest hand clap of praise right now you've ever given him in your life and begin to shout for divine health. Health. Hell! Oh, hallelujah! Come on, clap for God. Praise God. I want to invite a keyboard player to come on up to the front. We're going to pray here in just a minute. Say it one more time. He was made sin with my sin. He was made sick with my sickness so I can be righteous and I can be healthy he said he'd already given you all things pertaining to life God's already said yes 
It's a gift. You just have to receive it. You just have to receive it. But you can't keep saying things like my cancer is back or my arthritis is acting up or my, my daddy had it. I've got it. Everybody's had it. Some of you have got a bloodline that's kind of funky. People died in their 50s of heart attacks and you've been wondering if you're going to be next. Let's renounce that madness in the name of Jesus. I was in Africa the other day. They're cutting goats' throats across the street. Worshiping. They had two trees that they, they worshiped the two trees. People mad. What, what are they going to put a curse on you? Dear Lord, pass the ketchup. Who cares? Just going about your life. We got Jesus. Are you hearing me? We, we don't walk around afraid of COVID or demons. or We tell them what to do and where to go. That's what we do. So we're going to just solve it all tonight. So a little trick question before I pray for you. When we pray in just a moment, are you going to be healed or are you not? When you walk out the door, will you be healed? I'm not convinced yet. Are you going to judge it by how you feel after I pray? Or no matter how you feel, good or bad. You see, even if the pain goes away, that's not what proved you were healed. It was His Word. It was His Word. Your symptoms just verified what the Word was already saying to you. Are you grabbing me? And if the symptom is still there, the Word is still the Word. So you tell it it's a liar, and it's got to go. Jesus prayed for a man that was blind. So what's it like now? I said, ah, better, foggy, men like trees. He said, how about now? God's good, man. So I'm going to just pray arthritis, heart disease. Some of you have already had some things like heart attacks and strokes, and you've got some after effects of it. Not after tonight. Arthritis pain, some of you can't do things you used to do. You will be after tonight. And it won't be because you came to church and heard me. It's because you got a little bit of this word in you. And you agreed with it. And you used the authority you already have. Now, if you're smoking cigarettes and you'd like to quit, talk to the addiction. Don't walk around feeling like a second-class Christian because you smoke. Because there's a lot of Christians that don't smoke that are pretty sorry Christians worse than you. Just talk to it. Said, God, I, I, I don't want to have to chew gum or patches for six months. I'm just going to talk to this right now. I talk to my lungs now. The doctor says, well, good thing you quit, but you're going to have after effects. No, I'm not. I got joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I'm erasing what the canker worms have taken away. And I'm restored and I'm whole. You think when Jesus healed leprosy people, they, 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 they had symptoms the rest of their life because they'd made bad decisions before he got to them? Or do you think they got to start from scratch? How many of you believe tonight? Diabetes doesn't have to be in your bloodline anymore. Some of you trying to get pregnant. Some of you ladies, you haven't been able to get pregnant. Doctors have said you can't have a kid. Good. Thank the doctor. Pay him what you owe him. And then read the, what Jesus said. Thank you for your honesty. I know you're not lying. Just doing your job. But I got another report I've chosen to believe. Come on, lift your hands all over the building right now. Been to pray in tongues all over the house. This is a believer's meeting. That's okay. Once you just begin to lift both hands. If you don't have a prayer language, thank God. Just say, God, I'm healthy right now in Jesus' name. God, I'm whole right now in Jesus' name. God, I've got everything I need for life and godliness in Jesus' name. 
You've got a prayer language. I want this house rocking with tongues right now. Come on, pray boldly in the Holy Ghost. Come on, stir up the gift within you right now. We come against sickness, disease, pain, mental anguish, weak legs, weak lungs, kidney problems, liver problems. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to hear you say it. Lord, I believe. 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 Lord, I receive my healing. By your stripes, I was healed. Not going to be healed not could be healed i am healed i am whole sickness go pain go disease you can't stay i cast you out i reverse my bloodline i have a new bloodline as he is now so am i i am strong i am healthy i move well i am pain free my mind works i'm sharp my eyes work my ears work my veins are clear my arteries are clear my bones go like they should my muscles go like they should in the name of the lord jesus i am well if you believe it give god a mighty shout right now come on i'd give god a shout shout